0: This is part four of the Hospital, Mess, and Podcast series on influenza, and I'm going to start off talking about laboratory testing. The first question we have to ask is who needs laboratory testing for influenza, and the answer is if you've tested a bunch of people already that season, and now you're seeing a patient with the very typical signs of myalgias fevers, chills, nonproductive cough, severe fatigue, and a sore throat, do you really have to test that person? And the answer is no. It does not need to be done in all patients who present with typical symptoms, particularly when the community is experiencing influenza in a significant prevalence that season. It basically is a judgment call as to whether or not you think this particular patient needs a laboratory test. If you are going to use a laboratory test, there are several available. A very common one that we use with frequency is the rapid influenza diagnostic tests. Now, these rapid tests are immunoassays, and they can identify both influenza A and B. There is an influenza C virus that on rare occasion is found in people. It usually is a much more mild virus in terms of symptoms compared to influenza A and B, and most people don't become very ill, and it really uh, does not cause epidemics. Uh, But either way, the rapid influenza diagnostic tests are not going to pick up C. They're going to tell you whether there's a presence of influenza A or B. And the beautiful thing about rapid influenza tests is that they're available within about 15 minutes. So they are point-of-care testing where when the person is in your office or in the emergency room or even the hospital ward, you can get a pretty fast answer if the test is positive. If the test is negative, you have not at all ruled out influenza. There was a meta-analysis published in the Annals of Internal Medicine, and it was titled Accuracy of Rapid Influenza Diagnostic Tests. The study was published on April 3, 2012, and there were a few conclusions. One of the conclusions is that these rapid tests have high specificity, meaning that if you have a positive test, it's unlikely to be a false positive. So if your patient has symptoms and has a positive test, you can be pretty confident they have the flu. The problem is if they have a negative rapid test, it can be a false negative. So if you really need to know With a diagnostic test, whether or not they have influenza, you're going to have to do an additional test. It also appears that these rapid diagnostic tests are a little bit better at picking up influenza A than they are picking up influenza B. It also should be noted that there's about a dozen commercial brands of rapid influenza tests out there right now. And since there's not really much head-to-head comparison data, we can't tell you which brand is better than the other. Perhaps they're all about equal, or maybe they're not. We just don't know. Much of the lack of sensitivity of the rapid test probably has to do with the relationship of peaks of viral shedding, meaning the influenza virus sheds the most at about 24 to 48 hours into the illness, and then starts to decline. So if you're at day seven in the illness, you may not be shedding much virus in the respiratory tract and therefore have a false negative. Now, there is a scenario that doctors should know about, and this has to do with the live attenuated influenza vaccine. It actually can cause a false positive result on a rapid influenza diagnostic test. This is important because if someone gets vaccinated, takes the nasal spray with a live attenuated influenza vaccine, and they get a cold a few days later, and you do a rapid test, it can be a false positive for influenza. Maybe it's just a cold and you diagnose them with influenza, or maybe they have influenza and now you can't be sure because you're not sure if it's the vaccine or a real influenza infection that's causing the positive, I can tell you the patients will feel that it's the vaccine that gave them influenza, and that does not occur. I think a lot of us find it frustrating that a bunch of people wait to get their influenza vaccine until everybody starts getting the flu and then they're like, oh my God, I better go get my vaccine. And they've been exposed to the flu, maybe at Walgreens or the doctor's office getting their vaccine. And then they think it's actually the vaccine that caused the flu. And then as a result, they refuse to get the flu vaccine in future years. The flu vaccine can not cause the flu. Okay, point made. We'll move on. Let's talk about reverse transcriptase polymerase chain reaction testing for influenza. Most of us just call this the PCR influenza test. It has caught on with a lot of popularity as far as influenza testing goes because. Right now, it is the most sensitive and specific way to test for influenza, and then it has the added benefit that we can differentiate between the subtypes of influenza, meaning we can then learn, is it an H1N1 influenza, or is it an H5N1 influenza? And, well, I'll admit that probably really isn't going to change treatment. It's always kind of cool to know which one you're dealing with for whatever reason. But more than figuring out which type of influenza it is, I think it's more important that it is a rather sensitive and specific test. It also has a fairly rapid turnaround. You often get the results within many hours or maybe a day. The exception to that being that a lot of places to save money have started sending out the PCR test to a laboratory that's not in-house. Oftentimes, that laboratory is out of state, and when that happens, it can be many days before you get the PCR test available to you, at which point the results really don't matter because you either put that person on antivirals or you haven't, but probably four or five days after you get the results from when you first saw the patient, you're not going to be changing that decision as to whether or not you're going to start antivirals. There is the actual test of doing a viral culture. I gotta say, I've never ordered that for influenza, and I have not seen it ordered by a physician in the hospital. My understanding is it usually takes about 48 to 72 hours to get a viral culture result. Again, that would be too long to change management as far as making a decision based on culture. There apparently also is a serologic test, and the reason to use a serologic test is to try and retrospectively determine whether an influenza virus was present, and my understanding is this is used for research purposes only, so we'll leave that to the virologists. While we are on the topic of influenza testing, and this is a podcast about hospitalized patients, I would like to talk about a study very briefly that came out on February 26, 2007 in the Archives of Internal Medicine, and it was titled, Impact of Rapid Diagnosis on Management of Adults Hospitalized with Influenza. And so they looked at rapid influenza testing And they found that it actually did reduce the use of antibiotics in hospitalized patients. One would have to assume, I guess you can never assume in medicine, but one would think that if we were using PCR testing, which is even more accurate than rapid testing, we may be able to decrease the use of antibiotics even further if we get a positive result. Yes, it's true that a lot of hospitalized patients with influenza get bacterial infections complicating their influenza, and that's what puts them in the hospital. So in that case, we obviously do use antibiotics in addition to the antivirals. But there's definitely a subset of patients, I admit, every year where influenza's just totally wipe them out, particularly in the geriatric population and we're putting them on IV fluids for a day or two and in that case I don't put them on antibiotics and it makes me feel comfortable that we actually have a diagnosis of influenza so I'm not searching for other issues or using antibiotics in a shotgun approach. I think it's also worth briefly mentioning that there is an immunofluorescence testing of antibody staining for influenza antigen and apparently the benefit of this test is that you can get the results within a matter of hours. From what I know about immunofluorescence testing, it doesn't sound like there's any major advantages over PCR, possibly some disadvantages compared to PCR. I don't know how widespread available it is. I, I don't know if our hospital even has it and I suspect we don't. So in summing things up, you can use a nasopharyngeal swab or even nasopharyngeal washings. And you may or may not want to start with a rapid antigen test. Again, there can be a lot of false negatives with the rapid test. And if the patient has had symptoms for five days or more, the amount of viral shedding may be significantly decreased and therefore decrease the possibility that you will pick up influenza by a rapid test. Most people are starting to use the PCR more and more because it's the most sensitive and specific test and the turnaround times can be pretty good if you have it in-house. And just a reminder that confirmation testing of influenza is not necessary to prescribe antiviral medications and likewise you still want to put patients on isolation particularly if they have a negative rapid test while you're waiting for other tests such as the PCR. So that's where we're at in early 2014 with testing in regards to influenza. I have no doubt that over the next several years we will improve our ability to detect influenza with both better specificity and better sensitivity. And watching medicine advance with new technologies and new abilities is what makes this job so cool. You have been listening to the Hospital Medicine Podcast with your host, Dr. Gil Parrott.